All right, all right. You ready for the Word of God? Yeah, you ready to be fed? Yes, awesome. Uh, let's, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 1, and uh, we're going to read from... Uh, you can keep it open, and we will preach from 63 to 80. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 63 to 80. I'll read a portion of it for you. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Immediately his mouth was opened, and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came in all who dwell around them, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill of the country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, And that saying I'm going to preach. This is the song of Zacharias. If you read on, it's a beautiful, powerful song. And uh, it's amazing. This is a spontaneous outburst of song. Spontaneous outbreak of inspiring song that covers the breadth of what it covers is amazing. It covers the history of our Christian faith in a spontaneous outburst if you read the lyrics. So we want to talk about Zechariah's song today. And uh, 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 by the way, you can follow you can follow uh, us, the sermon outline is in our church app. You can go to App Store, uh, uh, Google, or Apple and download Santa Clara First Baptist Church. And then you can download the app. Our app is so cool. It will blow your mind away. But don't forget, you got to listen to my sermon. Just don't play with it, okay? All right. But you can do that. Uh, uh, I, I want to give that opportunity to you. So we want to talk about Zachariah's song today. And the first thing that we want to talk about is Zechariah's song sang about that Jesus will sit on David's throne forever. That's, that's one part of the song. And he also sang that Jesus is the Redeemer. And he also sang that Jesus will perform God's covenant with Abraham. See, you're looking at New Testament and going back to Old Testament. And here, uh, that... John the Baptist, his son will prepare the way for the Messiah. So the the song is in two parts. The first part is on Jesus. He sang about Jesus. And on the second part, he sang on John the Baptist, who will be a great prophet. Uh, And in this song, uh, we will look at the the seven words that are in this song. I will pick on the seven words and share the importance of it. By the way, aren't, are you feeling very Chris, Christmasly? Or, right? Look at our trees and the decoration. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah? Good job. Yeah. We have a lovely Christmas tree. And Sharon and others have done this wonderful every year. And it's a wonderful feeling. Well, talking about wonderful feeling, one of the boys was looking out at the window. And he can see the Christmas tree lit it on the neighbor on the neighbor's house through the window. So he turned to his father and said, "Hey, Daddy, why can't we have a Hanukkah tree, right? Hanukkah tree." So he's a Jewish son. 
And the daddy said, no, 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 we can't have a Hanukkah tree. The last time our people saw a leaded tree, we were in the wilderness for 40 years. <laughs> so, um, but it, it is beautiful. And our house, this, this house of prayer is for all nations. Uh, it's for Christian, non-Christian, it's for the Jew, uh, or no faith, you're welcome in this house. And don't feel that we're f- pushing down our faith on you, but we want to share the story of God, God's word that has come alive in our lives. And today we're going to look at the, the song of the priest, because Zacharias is a priest, is an old priest. Um, and uh, uh, talking about br- priest, I was looking at some of the songs that I was listening when I was young, and uh, it took me back to Judas Priest. I used, I grew up listening to Judas Priest, okay? And some of the songs like Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the water, the fire in the sky, right? All right, uh, and some of you are shaking your head, you know, and like before the dawn and all those things. But there is one song that is very popular that is Breaking the Law. Breaking the Law became a, a rock classic, okay? And they wrote this song in uh, Ringo Starr's old house. Uh, uh, Tripton, the guitarist, get this idea, got this idea for breaking the law and took to uh, Halford, uh, uh, the lead singer. And they were able to make this song. The song says, uh, it goes like this, that, uh, um, that uh, they were living in Birmingham in the pretty bleak area. And they wanted to break out from this unpleasant cycle of life. And the, the lyrics goes, uh, Feel as though nobody cares if I live or die. Right? And so I might as well begin to put some action in my life. So he's singing that I think nobody cares whether I live or die. So let me just take up an action. And what that action was to break the law. Right? Breaking the law. Breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law, right? It's a, it's a popular song there. And the song reminded me of the time when the Jewish people were waiting for the Messiah so they can also break out from their uncycle, uh, unpleasant cycle of life. Unpleasant cycle of life. See, when God spoke through Malachi, the Israelites were under the domination of the Persian Empire. Right? The Israelites were under the domination of the Persian Empire. And David's house, which is the throne that they expected would last forever, has fallen into evil ways. And people have rebelled against God, and they were not waiting for the Messiah. Even though they have rebelled against God and they were not waiting for the Messiah, the temple, Jerusalem, was still the center of power at that time. Right? Was still the center of power at that time. And uh, God spoke through Malachi, and then he was silent for 400 years. There was silence for 400 years. Now when you come to New Testament, to the book of Matthew, 400 years later... And when God spoke to Zacharias, this old priest, what has happened here? 
The Jewish people were under the domination of Rome. Okay? It's no longer the Persian. And the center of power have shifted from the east to west. Jerusalem was no longer the center of power. Rome is the center of power. It has shifted uh, to Rome. And uh, the temple continued to play a vital role, but not as important as it was, because there were many synagogues that has been established now. And most of these priests were not from the line of Aaron. They were no longer from the line of Aaron. There were important sects that has come up, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and there was one that was very uh, small that people don't know much, the Essenes. But it is the Sadducees and the Pharisees that were important. The Essenes was not so much. And they have taken important part in political area and spiritual and social. Right? So the temple was not so much important at that time anymore. The synagogue, the Pharisees, the Sadducees were important. And people, what have changed is people were longing for the Messiah. At this time. 400 years of domination under the Persians, under the Roman, and people were now waiting for the Messiah. They wanted to break out from this unpleasant cycle of life. So, this is the song, this is the backstory of the song. And uh, uh, many of the ancient Hebrew songs were sang as a spontaneous encounter to God. They didn't have time to sit and think and write all those zigs and the bars and, you know, how many bits, four by four, six by eight. They had no time to think, right? These were all spontaneous outbreak. The hymns that they are sang in the synagogues or the Hebrew people, they were spontaneous outbreak from the encounter of God. They were divinely filled song. That's what Zechariah sang. And this spontaneous response was a song that also broke the silence of 400 years. God spoke. The first person that God spoke was to Zechariah after 400 years of silence. Even though the first response that broke the silence was the song from his wife Elizabeth. This was one of the first Christmas hymns that was sang. And it was a spontaneous outbreak. So let's look at the word that uh, uh, Zacharias sang. He said the seven words in the miracle anthem of Zacharias. The first word is blessed. The first word is blessed. Right? Blessed is the God of Israel. That's the first word. Now, if you look in the Bible, the first word that appears, the, the word blessed appears is in relation to Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 1, right? In verse 22. It says, he blessed them and said, uh, multiply. 22 on words when you read. Multiply and be fruitful. And fill the earth. That was the first time it was mentioned there. Now, God continued this theme of promise when he went to Noah. Because after the flood, then God spoke to Noah and his sons again. And, and he blessed them to say, multiply and be fruitful and fill the earth. The promise continued. Now when you come to Abraham, it's a little different. The word blessing 
is uh, connected with Abraham. And to Abraham he says, I will, I will bless you. And you will be a blessing to all the people. And through you all nations will be blessed. It's shifted a little bit here. God's not saying multiply and be fruitful. He is kind of saying you will be a blessing to all the nations. And all the nations through you will be blessed. There is a close connection with this word that Zechariah sang. Because I said the breadth of the history that Zechariah sang covers from the beginning till the New Testament time. This is amazing, amazing thing. He was singing about the word blessing. The blessing that God spoke to Adam and Eve, to Noah and to Abraham and the fulfillment of it. He was speaking to it. So when we talk about, when we read Abraham, when we read Noah, when we read Adam, sometimes it's, uh, we are not able to relate with it. We think that, oh, I'm not going to change the world. How can I change the world? So when you, look, when you read at the word blessing, you have to look at the macro level and the micro level, right? At the macro level is that Abraham is going to bless the whole nation, which we are being blessed today. And you can say, oh, I can't do the macro level. Yeah, you can certainly do the micro level. We can bless our children at the micro level. We can bless our friends. We can bless our sister. We can bless our brother. You can be a blessing to your husband. You can be a blessing to your wife. You can be a blessing to your friend in the workplace. You can be a blessing to your calling. Blessed are you. See, this Christmas is about that blessing. How are we multiplying? How are we being fruitful? How are we filling the earth through the blessing that we have received from God? And we think, oh, I can't change the world, so I'll keep up. No, you change where you are. You bless the people that are around you. That's the song of Zacharias. That you can be a blessing. Okay. How about that? Amen? Yes. I heard one amen and then followed by many amen. Right? Awesome. So, when you look at it, why this is important is because I have mentioned to you that in Malachi 6, uh, in Malachi 4 and 6, that... Uh, the last word that is ended in the Bible is cursed. And the first word that a human spoke when he was inspired or when she was inspired by the Holy Spirit was blessed. It's God's design and intention that we are a blessing to other people. So you can choose whether you want to be a blessing or a curse. To your wife, to your husband, to your children, to your friend, to your brother, to your sister, and to your friends. I pray that you're a blessing. That you, because you're a blessing to them, that there will be a breakout of a new song within them. Because you have blessed them. The second word is redeem. Uh, and uh, because God has redeemed. God has redeemed. And when I was studying this, it just blew my mind. I mean, I have, I have not seen it in this way as I was preparing on Zechariah's song. Because 
This redemption goes back to Genesis. Right? You remember that when God was speaking to Abraham, and when you read Genesis 15, uh, yes, Genesis chapter 15, in fact, in Genesis 15 verse 13, right? When God was speaking to Abraham, He said that your people will live in a foreign land for 400 years with the strangers and you will serve them and they will afflict you. Okay? So when you look at the 400 years, this was the 400 years of slavery in Egypt where Israelites served Egyptians. They were afflicted 400 years. This is amazing. The 400 years of slavery has a close connection with the 400 years of silence. When God spoke to prophet Malachi and the Persian Empire was dominating and ruling the Israelites, it lasted for 400 years to the time of the Roman Empire. Were people happy celebrating? No, they were also dominated. They were afflicted and they were serving other nations. The redemption of Egypt, the redemption from Egypt from slavery after 400 years, is very similar to the word of God that spoke through Zacharias 400 years later. And they said, the Redeemer has come. That's what Zacharias said, the Redeemer has come. I don't think that the Israelite people were amissed of this of these years when they heard 400 years you will be in Egypt and then 400 years of silence and suddenly oh there's a connection in fact there were 400 years of judges and 400 years of kingdom this will not go amiss you see how God's working here I mean it just came to me as I was preparing this wow God's amazing the way he connects things and you say the one who redeems you in Egypt from slavery is the one that is here to redeem you again. Christ is our redeemer. Amen? Amen. And then he sang about the horn. Like, this is the horn of salvation. And I stop and think, okay, what is this, what is this horn of salvation anyway? If you read generally, uh, most theologians or Bible study, they will talk about, oh, the horn is the strength and the might. Of Christ. It's the mighty strength of God. I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay? But one thing I find as I read that is missing here, uh, that most of us that have missed here, is the straight connection with the horn of the ram, with Abraham and Isaac and the Lamb of God. I'm like, whoa, God, this is amazing. Because you remember when God, God has called Abraham and said, I will make your name great. I will make your nation great, right? You will have a progeny. And then he's suddenly saying, go and sacrifice Isaac. If Abraham had sacrificed Isaac, all those promises would not have come to pass. How will it come to pass? And Zechariah sang, when he said, this is the horn of salvation, it was singing about Abraham and Isaac on the mountain and how God provided a ram in place of Isaac. The horn. The horn of salvation. And coming here today that the baby is going to be born which is the lamb of God. This is Isaac and Jesus. 
Because Isaac foreshadows Jesus in the Old Testament. He was the forerunner of Jesus. He was willing to be sacrificed for the sin. It's amazing stuff. Amazing stuff that Zechariah sang. The horn of salvation. And so look at this salvation. Uh, and uh, his salvation, we talk about from Egypt to Jerusalem. You know, Egypt to Jerusalem. How from slavery you were brought into freedom. And now here at Jerusalem, he's going to go to Calvary. And to save the nation. To save the nation. The horn of salvation. That in him is new life. That's what Zechariah was singing. The other word that Zechariah is saying is covenant. This one is a big one. I have read this so many times. But the Lord revealed to me new things here. And I want to share this with you. Not All of the words are important. But I would like you to pay extra attention to this one. Okay? So the first word covenant. When it was used. When was it used? It was used with Noah. So who is Noah? Right? God came to Noah and said you build an ark. So I'm, I'm going to destroy the world. And you build the ark so you may save the world. Okay, the message was clear and, you know, preach to the people the impending God's judgment so they may be saved. It is amazing that Noah preached for how many years? 120 years. 120 years and there was not a single connection. Joshua preached for 120 years and there was not a single conversion. Not a single person bought into his vision. Not one single person bought into his mission for 120 years. I thought about me serving here in this church now for two years. I mean, if I have no single connection... No single conversion. Nobody buys into my vision and vision in two years. I think I can be very deflated. Right? But for 120 years, this guy, there was nobody that came alongside him. He, I assume, is a pretty lonely leader. And leadership can be very lonely. Leadership can be very lonely. And in America, loneliness is one of the greatest disease. And so many people have died of loneliness. So we can understand this. So there, when we talk about covenant, when we talk about covenant, we talk about the contract that we have with God. It can be a burden sometimes to do the right thing and obey what we have entered into with God. You know that the covenant has a miracle part from the beginning. And we never talk about this miracle in the covenant. And the Lord was revealing to me as I was preparing this week. Like, yes! It wasn't Noah that initiated this covenant. 
God saw the 120 years of Noah's ministry, and nobody was there with him. And he saw the loneliness of Noah. And God came to say, I'm going to enter in the covenant with you, and I will heal your loneliness. It's amazing. It's amazing. Totally blew me away. The same thing with Christ. He wants to enter into relationship with us. And to take away what the devil has separated us from God. Isn't that amazing? If I were you, I would clap your hand. <laughs> so Noah and the world. Noah and the world. Noah is the miracle. That this miracle, Christ himself can save the world. Can save the world. And remission, remission of sins. I want to talk about this word, right? When we talk about this is the second part of the song. Now we have come to John the Baptist. He's saying John the Baptist is going to come and prepare the way for the Messiah, right? And what was his message? A message of repentance. So when we talk about remission, it's talking about from pardon to penalty. Uh, You know, you are pardoned from your penalty. You are uh, delivered from imprisonment. Uh, you have liberty and freedom. We are talking about this remission of sin, right? So today, if you talk about sin to young people, like sin, salvation, repentance, these are all worlds, like consecration, sanctification. They don't know what you're talking about. It's not as important as it is to you and to me, right? Even though I'm still young, right? Uh, that word still holds meaning, but not to my sons. I mean, they may feel like, Today, popular conversation. If somebody, some, oh, it's sin. It's a sin. It's just a popular thing, right? It doesn't carry that way anymore. Uh, so then how do you de- describe being a sinner? I don't know. Like, uh, what's a sinner? Uh, the, the closest way, uh, oh, Democrats. That might be, Democrats are sinners. That might be, right? Um, uh, <laughs> And everyone is a Democrat, unless you're a Republican. You're not a sinner, right? I don't know how to describe that. In this nation, people are going for who's more righteous, who holds the value of the Bible. We don't know. But for young people, if you say you're racist, that's very close to being a sinner. They will understand that. Racist. You're so racist. That's like like you're a sinner. You're a sinner. And salvation. May, they may not get it, but if you talk about well-being and balanced life, wellness of the body and the mind, then people, oh yeah. So actually, salvation is wellness. It's the shalom. Shalom means wellness, wholeness, holistic thing. And we talk about those things. That your body can be whole and healthy. That you can be free from being wicked, evil, or being a racist. There is a prescription for you. Those kind of things may connect. Remission of sin. So instead of having being punished by God, God can forgive you. The last word that I want to speak is peace. And uh, on the 24th Christmas Eve, 
I will talk about more about this peace. I will talk about the supernal peace, the cosmic peace, the peace between moon and the sun, and the earthly peace. And the manifestation of that peace, what would it look like? And I will talk about that on 24 Christmas Eve. But here today, this peace is from when you walk through the shadow of the valley of death, the peace of God will guide and lead you and take you into the light, into the path of life. This is the peace we are talking about. Because there was silence. 400 years of silence and darkness. It was the peace of God that came and led them to the way that has been prepared. And that way is the light. So if I were to ask you, and you think about it until we meet again on 24th, what would be a manifestation of peace here within your life? And the manifestation of peace is grace. Grace is the manifestation of peace. If you have absolute justice all the time, you will not be able to have peace. And what tips the scale of absolute justice so there can be peace, right? It's the peace that tips the scale. We're going to talk about this thing. But you say you have peace with God. And how is it manifested? It's through grace. Without grace... There is no peace. You can't manifest that you have the peace of God without grace. You show your grace to your kids, to your friends. And also to your staff, church staff and pastor. That way you, tell, you will know that you have the peace of God. And these are the songs that Zacharias sang. And I, I hope that the song of Zacharias that covers the history of our faith. Amazing. We'll speak to you today. If you have any question, you can text or email me. That's my number. Um, and then you can also write an email. And there's, there is also a connection card there. Write it there, your prayer. In fact, if you want to give your life to Christ, you can use any of this. You can use the connection card. You can text me or you can write to me just your name and say, yes, I want to give my life to Christ. Because we're going to have a time of offering. And I will pray. And uh, when the offering plate passes by, you can write in the card, I want to start following the Lord. I want to become a member of this church. Or I need a prayer. So that you will have a breakout song in your life. The new song that is within you, it can break out if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Can the ushers please come forward and the uh, worship team come up so we can have a time of worship and giving to the Lord. So we look to the Lord in prayer. We look at the seven words from Zachariah's song. In order to have peace, we need remission of our sins. In order to be forgiven, we need to remember that the covenant that God has entered with us. 
that he will save us, that Jesus Christ is the name on earth and in heaven that will bring salvation. He is our Redeemer. And blessed are you if you give your life to Christ and enter into a new life with the Lord Jesus Christ that will allow you to have a spontaneous outbreak of your new spiritual strong within you. So this morning, you have been hearing God's word from the beginning. And you have come this far. You have journeyed with God this far. And if you are here, God speaking to you, and you want to give your life to Christ, you want to start over, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. You can come to the well later on. I want to pray with you. If not, write to me, text to me. Or use the card. Father, may the Holy Spirit of the Lord come upon us that as we go out from here, we can be an example to the world. We also bring our tithes and offering for the expansion and extension of your kingdom. We want to share the good news to our community, to this city, in this country, and around the world. Thank you for the generosity and the big heart of our members that have served you faithfully through their time, talent, and treasure. And it is more magnified and evident during this Bethlehem week. Lord, we commit Bethlehem night tonight and tomorrow night into your hand. Let the glory fill this place and your your presence be manifested in our campus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.